KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Last week marked 60 years since the Surgeon General's report made a major change in Americans' habits. On January 11, 1964, then Surgeon General Luther Terry made an announcement that most of us now take as given. Cigarette smoking is a health hazard of sufficient importance to warrant remedial action. Warning labels went onto cigarette packs. Later, cigarette ads were pulled from TV and radio. A Gallup survey conducted four years before Terry's announcement found that only 44% of Americans believed smoking caused cancer. A decade later, the number had risen to 78%. Jim Ryan, ABC News. More than half a century later, far fewer people smoke, and the health risks of cigarettes are very clear. And yet, tobacco use is still the number one cause of preventable death and disease in the country. Tobacco companies have turned to alternatives like menthol and e-cigarettes. I'm afraid that as long as they are um, willing to find new ways to addict us, we will have to continue to, to fight I'm Matt Leon, and this is KYW News Radio In-Depth, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers. Get a deal you'll like on a Honda you'll love. Today, we're talking with Yolanda Richardson, president and CEO of the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids, about the Surgeon General's report 60 years ago, policies that are being considered today, and what's still holding us back when it comes to preventing disease and death caused by tobacco. So can you start us off by kind of telling us about this 1964 Surgeon General's report and give us some context to just kind of how this shifted the the landscape and shifted how we look at tobacco? Absolutely. So we're 60 years since the first Surgeon General's report, which basically pulled together all of the science to document um, the harms from tobacco consumption. Interestingly, at that time, we had not had um, anything that had pulled together the science in the way that The report, in fact, did, and it had a major impact in terms of uh, public perceptions, but also the need for policy prescriptions um, in order to address tobacco consumption. It had a major impact in the United States. It even had a major impact in the world because there was, at the time, much misinformation sold by the tobacco industry about whether or not tobacco consumption, in fact, um, caused harms and, in fact, whether nicotine was addictive. So 60 years later, I think there's been a lot of progress made. Society looks at tobacco and looks at smoking through a almost completely different lens now on multiple different fronts. Uh, but tobacco still is the top cause of of early death. Am I correct on that? That's right. I think the report is a real triumph for science. It really helped to uh, educate the public about the harms of tobacco. But yet it, it's been a continuing fight. Um, you have a very aggressive industry that continues to try to um, sell its products um, despite the science. And so our job has been to make sure that the government uses every single tool that it has in order to effectively regulate the tobacco industry and to reduce consumptions. So despite that, it still remains the leading cause of preventable death in the United States and around the world. Um, And so we just have to keep uh, moving forward with the right kinds of policy actions. We feel that there's been real progress, obviously. Lots of adults are smoking less. Many children are smoking less. And so we want to be able to celebrate that um, with respect to the report, but then call on this administration to continue to do really important policy work to keep driving down those consumption rates. I know recently the FDA was set to eliminate menthol cigarettes, uh, but that has been pushed off. 
just give me your thoughts on the fact that this was pushed off, what led to it, and then give us why are menthol cigarettes so dangerous? Right. Uh, unfortunate um, that the administration um, refused to release its own rule um, because the rule represents a, an effort by the administration um, to really understand why menthol is bad. It was the only flavor that was exempted when all flavors were banned in 2009 when the National Tobacco Control Act was passed. And so we just feel like it. there's no good reason for the delay. The science is there. Um, they've gathered it over a 14-year period. There's been a sufficient period for public comment where everyone who has an interest in the rule could weigh in. Um, those comments have been taken into consideration. And the FDA released the rule to administration. They had set a timeline for themselves of December 31st to release um, not only the rule that would ban menthol, but that would ban flavored cigars. And then it didn't happen. Um, so that's beyond unfortunate because, as I said, the science is there and we know that there's no good reason to have delay. We fear and cynically believe that politics played a part in this. Um, and so we are calling on the administration to follow the science. And that's why the Surgeon General's report is so important to acknowledge because the science is what should drive public policy, particularly when it comes to saving lives. What is it specifically menthol cigarettes? Where What's the, the danger? I mean, past your obvious dangers of tobacco. What is it about menthol? Well, as I said, menthol is the only flavor that was exempted, but menthol is particularly dangerous. It has a cooling effect as it is smoked and therefore is more highly addictive than even other flavors were. Um, it makes it incredibly difficult to, um, to quit. And so we feel that it's really important to take it off the market. It also masks the flavor of tobacco, so makes consumption easier and more palatable for smokers. Um, we want all flavored products, really, tobacco products to be off the market because it, it masks, as I said, the, the, the taste of tobacco and makes it much more easy to consume. But menthol remains on the market as an exception, and it is actually more deadly than other flavors in many ways. Do we see certain communities being hit harder by targeting with regards to, to menthol cigarettes? Well, the tobacco industry is an equal opportunity killer. Uh, but in this respect, with respect to menthol, it, it does disproportionately impact Black community and other communities of color, as well as the LGBTQ community. And it is really unfortunate that it remains on the market. Um, but it is their last breath of hope to keep um, you know, consumers who will smoke their products. And they've worked very hard um, in the Black community to make menthol cigarettes available and cheap uh, for it to have a continuing consumer base. Um, so it's it's really unfortunate that the administration has not moved to, to ban them. What are some other policies you would like to see in a perfect world put forward, at least start to be put forward to kind of maybe get us the last couple miles of preventing these preventable deaths associated with tobacco? Sure. Well, aside from the immediate ones that I've already talked about, which is to the menthol ban and the cigar ban, we really would like to have for there not to be indoor public smoking. Believe it or not, there's still parts of the country where there it's permissible to smoke inside. Uh, what we learned from the Surgeon General's report and since is that smoking doesn't just harm smokers. It also harms non-smokers if you're coming into contact. Um, secondhand smoke kills as well. Um, so we believe that you know all smoking should be banned in public places. We really fundamentally understand that having um, cigarette products and other tobacco products be 
unaffordable for young people is critical. So we support taxes that make it unaffordable um, so that young kids can't buy a pack of cigarettes or buy a vaping product for that, for that matter. And then lastly, we really want the FDA to remove flavored e-cigarettes off the market. Um, all the e-cigarettes that are on market are mostly there illegally. Um, the FDA just hasn't um, taken enough responsibility for taking those products off the market. So we want them to be off the market because they're illegal. Um, they have to be pre-cleared by FDA before they're on the market and FDA has just allowed them to be on the market. Um, we're seeing some progress in their enforcement, but we wanna see more with respect to that. We're close um, and we can be closer if we just put these additional uh, policy prescriptions in place and if FDA does its job to enforce the rules that it does in fact put into play. We will continue our conversation on KYW News Radio In-Depth with Yolanda Richardson in just a moment. But right now, there's nothing quite like the Honda Accord Hybrid and the CRV Hybrid when it comes to exhilarating efficiency. With hybrid technology and thrilling capability, these vehicles deliver an electrifying performance on every drive. This new year, discover for yourself what truly makes these hybrids special. Redefine your driving experience with Honda, KBB.com's best value brand of 2023 contact your local honda dealer today about the honda accord hybrid and the crv hybrid and now let's continue our conversation on kw news radio in depth with yolanda richardson president and ceo of campaign for tobacco free kids you think about 20 30 years ago how powerful the tobacco lobby was where is their power now now obviously this fda rule hasn't been released and one has to imagine that the tobacco lobby has their hand in that somehow. So, but has their power waned overall you feel as fewer and fewer people are, are smoking now, or are they still a power to be reckoned with? They remain a for, for formidable foe. I wouldn't underestimate them. Um, they've somehow been able to survive despite, you know, changing perceptions of smoking, despite the fact that we've more effectively regulate them, re regulated them. And as you and alluded to, e-cigarettes um, and other kinds of newer tobacco, tobacco products are on the market um, to compensate for the fact that smoking has to start, has declined. So they spend, you know, um, six, $8.6 billion a year still marketing their products. So there's a substantial market for their products and their influence is reflects the fact that there remains a substantial market. Um, so I feel that we have to always be vigilant when it comes to the industry. Um, we never sleep on them. Uh, they're incredibly ingenious in the ways in which um, they uh, continue to find ways to, to addict our children and to keep smokers smoking. And you mentioned like e-cigarettes, vaping. These are things that 20 years ago, I think you would have gotten puzzled looks from people if you brought them up. Right. Are you concerned that as you focus on this, there's going to be a next generation of products that we don't even really know what they are, but it's a little bit like whack-a-mole. You focus all your energy to get rid of this and they just find a different vehicle to, to get the product out? Yeah, their ingenuity knows no bounds. Um, but, you know, if you've got the kind of resources that allow you to continue to in invent new ways to addict people and it isn't sufficiently regulated, then, of course, they will be rewarded with their vigilance and trying to continue to create new products to addict people. And they will continue to lie about it as they did about e-cigarettes um, and as they continue to do about smoking. So I'm afraid that as long as they are um, willing to find new ways to addict us, we will have to continue to, to fight 
um, misinformation that usually accompanies their desire to create these new products. But I, I still remain fairly optimistic that we're going to um, start to see the end, at least of cigarette smoking. Um, when you have only 2% of, of high school students smoking now, that is an incredible progress. And we would have been so close had we not then had an e-cigarette epidemic among young people. But we're also making progress on that by, again, informing the public, letting them understand the harms of e-cigarettes, particularly for kids, and particularly for kids at a very vulnerable um, time in their own brain development. It's very unfortunate that the uh, FDA did not move forward to just keep these products off the market in the first place. So I would love to say that the tobacco industry is going to make my job easier, but it isn't. <laughs> so we'll keep fighting. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers. Get a deal you'll like on a Honda you'll love. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.